Before we jaunt down memory lane in this surprisingly personal episode about our childhoods surrounding sports, I wanted to give you a heads up to some new Culture Rock content around the corner, particularly live content, video content, streaming content. If you have a Twitch account or simply sign up for one, then you can follow The Culture Rot, all one word, on Twitch. We're just getting started there. We got some plans to... We got some plans, so hit us up on that. You may see Angela and I live in the near future. In fact, what we will likely move Culture Rot Wrestling content to Twitch because instead of continuing to make it into a podcast, I'm a night owl, so you might also catch me streaming some gameplay late at night. I think that content will be aimed more for people who are awake, like West Coasters and people on the other side of the hemisphere. There's actually a video there now of me playing 5D chess with my friend Andrew and getting the king and queen confused i was a little dumb especially at the start of it i think i maintained some dumbness pretty much throughout the whole thing one of my dogs appears in that video it's not the most mind-blowing twitch content but it's a start i plan on posting videos we record on twitch later onto the culture rot youtube channel simply called culture rot which at this point has just been episodes of culture rot and culture rot wrestling playing beneath a static image Understandable that nobody hits up that kind of content. I might edit down videos a bit when they hit YouTube, but Twitch will be raw and live. We've only really been doing Culture Out for a few months now, or several I guess, it's almost summer. We're pretty much growing it from scratch with a few good people who have carried over from the last podcast. Not too much though. We're really building a new foundation here. Maybe two or three years from now, we'll look back from a relative position of success <laughs> and reminisce on these simpler times speaking of reminiscing this culture out episode really does get personal i think it actually gets inspirational and also has more than a few dick jokes what drew doesn't tell you is that he scripts out his episodes and has me reading all these parts that paint me like a mischievous dirty jokester and him the put together straight man but the reality is that he wrote everything i say and he gets really upset when i veer off script remember upcoming live content on twitch if you follow the culture rot all one word on twitch you can watch any videos you miss there and on culture rot's youtube just simply called culture rot you should see links on all our spaces and our show notes each week Follow and subscribe to us on those platforms and go way deep inside of us. Drew wrote that last line. On to the show. We're synced up real well, I can tell. It's nice. Good times. Good times, buddy. Technology. We're not on Zoom. Nope. Every other, every other thing I do, it's on Zoom, except with you. Ah, well. Uh, me and Dave's second episode of Walk It Off is now a Skype-recorded one, too, so... I do Skype with Greg, too. I see nothing wrong with it. It seems fine. Seems to work. Seems to work. And you sound great, too. It's uh, it's my professional radio voice. Or well, that I'm nonstop I'll... buying microphones. You also need microphones. <laughs> yes, that helps. So I asked you, Drew, to um, provide me some photographs of you as a child in your sporting youth. This is what we're... We're talking about our sporting youth. We're kind of reminiscing you know last week's up kind of like a get to know me and angela you playing hockey over there (laughs) what do you mean you mean pants hockey what are you implying uh just here oh sorry man this mic's really good then yeah up all the clicks and clacks oh i thought you were playing a little hockey game in there maybe car talk do you ever listen to car talk with click and clack nope 
No. Are those the two little adorable robots, or possibly bug people? There are these two loud guys that laughed at everything they said, and they would tell you that like, oh, you're you need to change your carburetor, and one guy didn't have a car, and that was supposed to be charming to anyone who listened. Can you believe he gives advice on cars and doesn't have a car? I think one of them passed away though. Uh, was it click or clack? Hmm. It's a good question. I don't think we'll ever know. Not on this episode. <laughs> nope. Not on this episode. I asked you, Drew, to send me pictures of your sporting youth. Not the usual pictures you asked for. Yeah, well, at first you sent me some nudes. Tasteful. Like, <laughs> were they? <laughs> One, you were wearing nothing but uh, a catcher's mitt with a souvenir bat up your ass. You think that's what I'm looking for? And another one, you're wearing a really small Kobe Bryant jersey. And uh, you're holding up a newspaper of the day he passed away. And you're naked from the waist down. That's not tasteful. Tears. (laughs) So you admit that one wasn't tasteful. Might be poor taste right there. So then I said, no, from when you were a child. And then I see the ellipses pop up, and they're like, oh, shit, I better clarify. No nudes. <laughs> and then you write, oh, shit, okay, let me delete these I was about to send you and send you other ones then. More tasteful and then got, ones. And then I got some adorable pictures of Baby Drew, but we need to talk about some. I think I'll post these. Wait, you're going to post pictures of Baby Drew for your own uh, value here? Yeah, I got some websites that'll get, that'll get good traffic on. Okay. <laughs> We got to be careful here. <laughs> why do our why episodes go off the rails this quickly? I, uh, yeah, why, why is it our episodes, which always revolve around sports, are the most perverted, like by far? <laughs> That's if not Andrew, good, man. I wasn't reading thirty-five minutes worth of Lola Bunny fan fiction on the air. But hey, each episode has a, you know different hosts yeah, bring I, a different. I'm, style. I'm glad I bring that out of you. Yeah, you bring you bring that out of me. <laughs> By the way, if you want to borrow this episode for a uh, your extra walk it off podcast, extra innings, you can. It could be like a crossover. Ooh, crossover episode. So yeah, you sent me some adorable pictures when you were a kid. I'll post these in the show notes and on the Instagram when I uh, hype the episode. You know, I, I discussed this with you. There was one picture. It's the only one where you're smiling, actually. And all the other ones, you're trying to be like a little badass or something like yeah, I just won this soccer trophy, bitch. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's how we were. You you don't smile, man. It was a it was a thing. I'm still <laughs> terrible at taking photos, by the way. I hate getting my picture taken. I don't know how to fake smile. <laughs> yeah, me. I'm actually not very good at it myself. I'm very self conscious about the smiling thing. Gotta gotta catch a candid moment, or otherwise that whole cheese thing. I'm like, hey, hey. and terrible. as I've got as I've gotten older and gained some weight. I've um, gotten very self-conscious about my profile. I used to, I used to have a really good profile, and now get it's you like, from your no, good side. No, no, you got to get at me straight on. That's my best side now. It's just straightforward. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Well, I mean, yeah. this thing is in peak physical condition, me. so I don't worry about that. Yeah, you're in good shape. <laughs> uh, we got a weight. We got a weight set. Angela and I have been lifting, um, and we got some new weights come in. We might get yoked. Just Uh-oh. look out. And then just it's nothing but. Topless Bobby pictures. That's every, right. Every episode is going to be a video episode. 
You know, when you do uh, start lifting dumbbells and stuff, you, it does make you want to flex all the time. That's true. <laughs> so you sent me this one picture of what appears to be the Blue Jays mascot filleting you. Not even close. Come on. Well, what is it then? Uh, you know, we said it was like um, BJ BJ Bird, but this is the minor league version, right? You were at a, you were this was during your minor league tour. This is a Hagerstown Suns game. Uh, I don't know if Hagerstown it was one of those teams that survived the minor league purge this off season, so they might have finally lost their team. But that was a fun little fun little time, man. I love the low minor leagues. It's just something chill about it. I think I should clarify when I said that the bird was filleting you. I didn't mean. I mean, what I'm saying is the bird has put its beak around your head. It's a typical mascot kid pose. Come on, is it pretending Look, I, to eat the child? That's that's classic mascot stuff. Admittedly, I didn't go to much sporting events growing up, um, and I'll give you my sports. We're going to get into our sports history and our how we grew to love sports. You didn't take rigorous mascot training either. No, but so it's common, like if you're a kid and you walk up to a mascot, that the mascot puts its mouth around your head and starts filleting the child's head. (laughs) Yeah, it's just pretending to eat the child. It's hilarious. That giant oversized head, the person inside the suit's mouth isn't actually on their head. I like to imagine that uh, every time this happens, there's just one man standing by himself off to the side, just laughing way harder than everyone else. (laughs) Like, the height of comedy and he's french of course <laughs> so this bird uh so you're saying this is a common thing that this bird did not sexually assault you is what you're saying yeah i think we're clear on that i thought we were gonna have to really go into some deep psychological stuff nope no worries or are you trying to cover because it seems like now if we talk about that team with the octopus mascot <laughs> what team is that was that another minor league team uh, i don't know if there is one Oh, come on, okay. Man. You're you're are you kind of stumbling towards a hentai joke? Yeah, it was a tentacle joke. Maybe it's a Japanese minor league team. <laughs> they don't let them have octopus mascots. Talk about another picture though. And at first, I'll, I asked you if this was your dad, even though I met your dad. And look, your dad's your dad's a hunk. He's totally fuckable. But this guy, you said this was your soccer coach, folks. Look at these pictures up. In the show notes and on Instagram. I assume. I don't actually remember. That was a long time ago. I'm assuming that the person posing next to me with a soccer trophy is my soccer coach. Don't you? What if he was just some random guy? Like, <laughs> Maybe who's another dad on the team? I don't, I, I'm definitely assuming it's a soccer coach. You sure he's but... not an uncle? He, he does kind of look like he could be in your family, don't you think? Hey, man. Head to toe denim tends to draw the eye. Yeah, that's, and that's true. obviously coach wear. That's what you wear on the field. <laughs> is he Canadian? Because he's Canadian tuxedo all the way. Hey, this is back in the day, man. This is probably late 80s, early 90s. Very young me. Winning I mean, trophies, man. I think he's like using you as a wingman to pick up like single soccer moms at that joint. <laughs> he looks he's like a, it. I mean, that this, dude looks smooth. He's probably dude, got a GTO. This dude fucks. He's got a staying at least. <laughs> Rocking it. And he's, and he's got a big-ass smile on his face. 
And you're not, you're not, you can't remember for sure, but this might be your little league soccer coach. Could be an uncle. Um, I'm not sure. I don't remember. You you don't know if it's an uncle? Well, I guess there's a lot of relatives that I have met once. And look, that picture is way younger than I remember any of my relatives, so. I just can't get over this guy. I think I got a crush on him. I got to be honest. He looks pretty smooth. He just looks like he could throw down. He looks like he could lay some pipe. Does he work for T-Dot? Because this motherfucker, is he a plumber? T-Dot. Does T-Dot lay pipe? That T-Dot is uh, Not in New York, that's for sure. No, no. I should clarify. T-Dot is the Tennessee Department of Transportation. We record out of Nashville. (laughs) This ball is crushed. Culture rot. Uh, Drew ran away from New York to live in Nashville. You you played sports just about all your life, pretty much, right? Everything I remember, everything as a kid was just playing sports. Every minute I could, we would be outside playing something. And uh, organized so you... sports, unorganized sports in the street. Just just me and my brother. Anytime we could possibly do something, we were playing a sport. Un- unorganized sports is probably the way I came up with like limited people, three people. One's got a bat, one's throwing it, and one's somehow going to field the entire hill behind your house. So, <laughs> shit so like you, that. You're from the small town. You didn't have that many kids in your neighborhood to play with? Bro, it wasn't even a town. That's how small it was. Unincorporated Southside, Tennessee. Ooh. There's one. Just an unincorporated town, <clears throat> girl. There was one little store. That you could get gas, and it had the old-timey pumps where it's like, where the numbers, I don't even know if you've ever seen that shit. On the reels? Yeah. It was like, I swear that it was like that up until 15 years ago, too. But yeah, there were kids around, but like, it was a country mile, you know? It was, uh, you had a few, and to be honest, I was a weird little kid growing up. I was like, compared to a lot of these other kids who were coming up very rednecky. And it wasn't that I wasn't in a like a complete redneck white trash family. I was also weird by their standards. A good kid for the most part. I was loved by the people that mattered. A lot of people just was like, whatever. <laughs> no, you're gonna have to clarify that one. As opposed to the you know completely normal, well-adjusted men reading little bunny porn you are now. Hey, I feel like I've come a long way. Come get it. <laughs> But no, I didn't play. I I was maybe someone who would be at a little league game that maybe a cousin was in, and I'd just hang out by the sna- the the snack where you go get <laughs> all the food with the shitty hot dogs and what like ring pops and shit. They'd have shit like that. Airheads, remember Airheads? Ooh, white mystery, my jam. <laughs> who will ever know what that flavor is? No one. I don't know. Is there a? There's got to be a white rapper out there that calls himself White Mystery. <laughs> Gotta be. Hold on. I'm gonna look it up right now. That's gotta be a thing. Just hang with me here. I mean, it's a delicious flavor of Airheads for sure. One, two, three. Two, three, four. Three, four, five. Four, five, six. I I can't remember what it tastes like, but I recall not hating it. 
Tastes like a mystery, man. Let's go. Embrace the mystery. One, two, three, I'm white mystery. Up in here making history. I'm fly, I'm sick, and everything in between. All the while, my attire's looking clean. My sick lyrics I do pronounce. And in the morning, I do announce. Working on my flow every single day. And if you doubt my rhymes, I'm gonna make you pay. White mystery tastes better than it can rap. I'll tell you that. I'll have to send you the link later. Yeah, I'm glad we got that out of the way. Were you looking up White Mystery on your phone? No. Okay, what are you looking up on your phone? Are you still talking to your family? No, Who's more flipping important? Through, flipping through some ESPN scores to, while you uh, fill our time on this podcast with incredibly useful information. What's like, the hey, score? Like, hey, I'm Googling stuff, guys. Who's winning? Who's that's winning that's in sport? I'm <laughs> losing 3 nothing right now. But oh, it's still early. Still early. I, I saw the Cubs beat them. You're taking uh, me away from from my games. I saw they lost to the Cubs the other day. Yeah, bad. A church was also an avenue where I would play sports, pick up sports, basketball, a lot of basketball, gym class. I actually really enjoyed gym class, but I never played organized sports. The real thing is I was born with, you know, I'm an asthmatic. I was born with asthma. Uh, I would later grow up to smoke for 18 years. That's a whole other stupid trip, but don't. Don't start smoking, folks. So there was a lot of, like, paranoia about what I could or couldn't do. And there was a point in which the doctor uh, looked, told my grandma, I was like, you know, he could probably play baseball or something, you know. It's actually good for asthmatics to get out and get exercise. It's, um, that's kind of, there's always this, unless it's, like, some particularly severe case, if you're asthmatic, uh, exercise is actually extremely important. Good PSA. Yeah, PSA that shit. I mean, of course, you want to monitor the situation, make sure you got your inhalers and your meds are regulated. But, yeah, it's very important. But uh, So by the time the doctor was like, you know, he could play baseball. I think the doctor was, like, less uptight about it. I was like, no. Nah. I think my grandmother just didn't want me to get hurt playing football. Even though when I got older, I realized I liked the physicality stuff much better. I probably would have liked football a lot more. But I also had a... My grandmother, she raised four kids, and three of them were bad. <laughs> they were just bad kids, right? Uh-oh. And so by the time I came around, she was fucking tired. And she was had to take on the the her grandchild, the child of one of her bad kids. And she didn't want to do shit, right? So she didn't encourage anything. Like, I'd be like, I wouldn't eat, not even like an after school, like join the science team. I think a part of it was like she didn't want to spend money, which I understand that. Another part was just that she just didn't want to fucking go. She just didn't want to go to any more school events. That's she a did. lot of work, man. I can't even imagine how many hours my parents spent just driving yeah. to and from sporting events and sitting in cold bleachers. Yeah. She would do PTA once a year. And I don't even know how present she was for like little league games for my uncles and shit. You know, I, I have no idea. But she would just be like, yeah, just stay home and draw pictures. I was the drawer, the little artist, the kid that liked to draw. She would tell people I was going to be like a Disney animator, even though I never said that. <laughs> and never really wanted to be. Now I haven't drawn in years. He just keeps drawing Lola Bunny over and over yeah, again. Yeah, I just draw Lola Bunny over and over. <laughs> so, so my sports background was not very firsthand. And by the time... She asked if I want to play baseball. I felt a little intimidated because I hadn't come up in yeah. that system. 
And I kind of would later, as we'll get into my brief softball career, I really underestimated the fact there is something to growing up doing team sport activities. There were things that I could do physically that I was actually pretty good at, but I just never really accomplished them in a proper team environment. And that makes a lot of difference. I think that's so important psychologically too. I mean, judging from my background for sure, but I honestly feel like it would do kids, every single kid out there, it would do them to good to join a team of some sort when you're young because you learn so much about just relating to other people. And there's that mentality, that teammate mentality. Like most of my friends, my lifelong friends, from when I was a kid till up until today, came from playing sports. I mean, there's also that same like, oh, you were at the bus stop together. <laughs> we stood on the same corner waiting for a bus, so we became friends. But most of them were from sports, you know, you just... You grow up and you play sports and you have this team mentality where those are your guys. You know, you're going to give each other crap all the time. That's part of being teammates too. You're going to talk shit. You're going to make fun of each other. You're going to give yourself a rough time. But you're also genuinely rooting for these people because you're playing on the same side. You want them to do good. There's always that kid who thinks like, oh, I'm not going to play sports because... I don't know, this is probably true. You know, you hear the stories a lot about a kid who, oh, I, I went out to play and I couldn't catch and everyone made fun of me and now I don't leave my house anymore because that scarred me for life. I, I don't want to discount that. I'm sure that has happened to a couple people. But I've played lots and lots and lots of sports throughout my entire life. And even, the, even those worst people on the team, when they're on your team, you want them to get better. Hell yeah! That's just as much as you can make fun of them. And even the best kids are getting made fun of. When you strike out, you're going to make fun of the best kid on your team. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you took that pitch. You looked terrible on that one. Everybody makes errors. Everybody strikes out. That worst kid on the team, you need them to do, get better because there's going to be a spot where you need them on your team. To, you need them to make a play. You need somebody to get in there to steal a base, to make a basket. That's When your number comes up, you got to be ready. So you genuinely rooting for that person as well, even if you give them a hard time. There's this undercurrent of, I really want you to get better. And you give them extra time a lot. You know, a lot of coaches, there's a thing that coaches say a lot that's a difficult. Look, everybody grew up in weird situations with Little League. You had like a dad of the team coaching. Maybe someone didn't give a shit at all. Maybe someone only gave a shit about their kid. Crazy those parents. Aren't good coaches. Oh, those are the reasons you go to fuck the Little League <laughs> games to look at the parents, man. They're the, that's the entertaining part. But most of them, the people who's going to get the attention from the coach is going to be either the really good kids. Like, okay, you can go on to the next level, so I want you to be prepared for this. Or the really bad kids. They're going to get more attention from the coach because you need to bring them up to that level. It's the ones who are completely average <laughs> who feel like, oh, I, you know, I'm not really getting the attention I need. Well, it's because yeah. you don't need it. Yeah. You know, you're probably not going to be moving on to this elite level or anything, but you're also not screwing up. You're doing your job. Yeah, you're you're fine as you are. <laughs> yeah. So everybody wants that attention. Everybody needs that coaching, but it's also on your teammates. Your old soccer coach, you know, he got a lot of attention <laughs> from, from the single every, moms. Every soccer, out of hell, they probably weren't even single. They were probably like, "Look, I'll give uh, Mr. Denim over here a ride." <laughs> you know, that was Camaro broke down again. That old trick. I can't get all these soccer balls back from practice. If only someone had a minivan. So I think, uh, you know, I became, I, I do have a brother, but I didn't grow up with him. So moving in with my grandmother did become this 
de facto only child. And I think the way that it wasn't always financially great, there was drama, you know, so much crazy shit that I could get into in, in my youth. But I think the way that I was spoiled was the fact that I could spend, I was able to spend a lot of time in my own head and a lot of time to myself. And I think that did develop me into the type of person I was. But so my grandmother didn't really, <laughs> you know, she's, you know, my grandmother's a very kind of reactionary. Uh, if, she, if she's been, if she got fucked over, she'll be like, don't go out there and be on teams. You'll just get fucked over. It was like very negative shit. So, but then I'd grow up and have this kind of like, you know, I never was wealthy, but I grow up and I leave the house and I'm like, you know, I'm used to just spending so much time by myself. Now I'm an adult and I'm broke as shit. I cannot live without roommates. So then it's in my 20s where I had to learn how to actually kind of be around people and accept their presence in an environment. And I kind of had to grow up again in a separate way completely. But wouldn't that have was, been different too if you had like teammates that you knew? My life would have been so different. It's hard to tell how it would be, but yeah, I think you know I did find sports in my own way. I did like certain sports when I was a kid. Like I loved, like every kid in the '90s, I was like watching the Bulls, obsessed with Michael Jordan. But that was kind of very surface, right? The NBA was just so particularly popular during that time. But I found baseball. And what I did was we had a, when cable came to Southside, Tennessee, we're unincorporated, but we did get cable by the time I was like 11. I picked a team. You had TBS, which had the Atlanta Braves, which was the most popular local team. And then you had WGN, which which at the time literally played every Chicago Cubs game. Now they split it with Chicago Land Television. Actually, that information is 20 years old. That could be totally outdated <laughs> as well. So I picked the Cubs. And almost in, in an act of rebellion against the fact that there okay. was a lot of Braves fandom. Even though there was no real rivalry there. I mean, they were in the same league, but they weren't in the same division. They would meet in a series like once or twice a year, right? So I started getting into the Cubs, and there was just something about... this. You know, I would say that nowadays baseball is not my number one far from it it's just the hardest sport for me to make time for but when i do sit especially when i'm at a game which has been so long or i'm just sitting down and letting myself watch one how fucking relaxing that is for me is it relaxing to you to watch a, a baseball game or are you just so in it that you just kind of go off on it it depends. Uh, most of the time, if I'm watching a baseball game, it is relaxing. It's just something I can put on in the background and appreciate it and watch it and have a great time. Uh, my team is the Mets. I love the Mets. I'm a big fan of theirs. And I will admit that it, it gets me sometimes. It's kind of funny. Like, if if I'm watching a game and they lose after going 0 for 10 with runners in scoring position, that's going to ruin my mood for a little while. It can definitely affect my mood. If they hit a walk-off home run, that can affect my mood too, and I'll feel great. It's kind of sad to admit that what this team that really has nothing to do with my life does can matter to my mood. But that's what that's part of what being a fan is. That's part of being serious about that. It's it's a little embarrassing, but it's also fun to care about something that in the long run is totally inconsequential. You get yourself fired up, you get yourself hyped and feel these highs and lows, but there's no actual real life consequences on the line. Unless you're gambling. I'm going to go on a rant here against Cubs fans for a second. 
Um, I don't want to overstate this because I live in Nashville, not Chicago, especially since the Cubs have won a World Series 2016. I watched drunkenly in the basement. I think that was the last time I got really shit-faced hammered, too, is that I'll encounter people. Like I said, I don't want to overstate this. It's not like this happens all the time. But I'll pop on my Cubs hat. I got, like, my 70s logo hat that I walk around with. Some people recognize it. Some people don't. But people will be like, hey, Cubs fan, even though you see Cubs hats all the time, right? And then they'll ask, are you from Chicago? And then I'll, I am very familiar with Chicago. I have spent some time there, but I'm not from there. I don't live there. And I'll say no. And then the mood completely changes. They, they're they so possessive of this thing. And I feel like, and, and it wasn't like that when I was a kid. I wasn't from Chicago. And it seemed like people who embraced the Cubs would embrace a little kid from Tennessee who loved the Cubs, but was not from Chicago. It seemed like they were more embracing of that. But now it's like this kind of gatekeeping from hell ever since they won this World Series. Nah, that's going to be individual people. And I'm, an, I'm sure a little bit of that is probably just a little disappointment because if they're from Chicago and they see that Cubs hat, they want to talk to you about, oh, you remember that pizzeria down? Oh, sorry, it's Chicago, not New York. Hey, uh, you remember that pizzeria? Hey, which is... Pizzeria that's down by. Uh... <laughs> so you're giving them the benefit of the that doubt. Big fat ones. Yeah, they want you... to relate. Everybody wants to relate to somebody in this world. But you can't. We're Cubs fans. That's how you relate. Yeah. Uh, 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 they're being dicks. You're <gasps> absolutely right. But part of that might be that, yeah, they wanted to talk about, oh, you've been to that bar on the north side. Oh, my God. I was there with my parents and it was amazing. That day they won. Uh, you remember the streets? They don't have that conversation, so they're maybe a little bummed that they just lost out on their topic of conversation, and they're an uninteresting, bland fucker who doesn't uh, have anything to say to somebody who's not from there. Like, uh, so I'm kind of a fake Cubs fan, and you like Chris Bryant? Yeah. <laughs> they just lost half their conversation when you said you're not from Chicago. So I'll give them that little bit of the benefit of the doubt. But no, that's still messed up. That's still wrong, because half the part of being a fan... And I'll never forget this stuff, man. I was you know, dating a girl who wasn't from New York. And we went up to New York to there, and she was wearing a Mets hat because she got into the team through me and was enjoying baseball and liking it there. And, you know, somebody will lean there out of a garbage truck and be like, hey, let's go Mets. Oh, my God, this person's just talking to me about <laughs> the team I'm wearing as we're driving by. It's a community, and it's just so much fun when that happens. So I was talking to my brother, and he was telling me a story about how the FedEx guy We'll give him shit for whatever team shirt he's wearing. And now you have a yeah. conversation with your FedEx driver. By the way, I'm fully vaxxed. Where are you at on your vaxxing? Fully vaxxed, bro. You fully vaxxed, bro? Yeah, bro. Dude, I got to come over. I want to take a pictures of you. Now, hold on. <laughs> Uh-oh. We're going back to this again. How many articles... It better be tasteful. Of, how many articles of clothing do you think you have at your house... That has like a sports logo on it. <laughs> we'll go. We'll go pure professional, just pro oh, sports. Uh, I want to. We're gonna. I'm gonna come over one day. We're gonna play dress up, and we're gonna layer. Well, I'll probably. <laughs> I'll probably stretch your shirts out, but maybe I can wear the hats or something. Where we put on as much of your sports gear as possible, and then we wrestle and we and we cuddle or whatever you want to do, like whatever you want to do. <laughs> what is this plan again? 
I mean, it's a large number. We're probably approaching triple digits somewhere. I've got so much gear from the local pro teams here because I honestly love my Nashville teams too and talk about them every week on the radio. So there's a ton of that. And then there's all my teams from growing up in New York and a couple random ones out there that you just like the logo or something. (laughs) Or from when I I lost a bet and Dave made me wear around a... uh, My co-host on the radio show made me wear one of his garish teal Arizona Diamondbacks shirts around town. Oh, God. Those are terrible. <laughs> Let me, I didn't communicate that plan very well. No, you didn't. Basically, <laughs> I, I, want, I want you to put on as much of the, your sports gear as you possibly can, and I just want to take pictures of you uh, just completely bombarded <laughs> in your sports gear and wearing it. Putting on absolutely as much as you possibly can. Anything that has a logo on it. We're going to try it. Looking like that kid with the overprotective parents going out in snow for the first time. And you're like from North Alabama and it's like a centimeter. (laughs) And that's the same thing could happen here in Nashville too. My next step into sports personally was church stuff. I mean, my. I didn't want to talk about that more. Sorry to interrupt you. But yeah, go ahead. You brought that up earlier with church basketball, and I was waiting for an opening to ask you more about that. It wasn't cause... a pro. It wasn't a pro. Uh, not a pro. Obviously, not a pro <laughs> league. It wasn't like a league, but there was another church that I had friends that go to that had like a real Baptist church league. But I was, I was in the Methodist church. But I kind of, it. I didn't go to church a lot when I was very young. It wasn't something that I grew up with. In that sense, I think being a kid and wanting to meet people and you're in the rural South, church is a pretty good way to do that, right? That's when you, so that's when my experience with being around a lot of other kids really started to begin. So there, one church had a gym. So there's tons of pickup basketball games. We would have these like little churchy things where uh, after the local high school games, we would have an event where you could go over to this church and have a pickup football game. And those were tons of fun, but maybe not very formal and not very organized. You know, you know how it is with these random things. Everyone wants to pretend that they're fucking Bo Jackson or Michael Jordan or (laughs) whatever the fuck. It's more about showing off, but occasionally you can have very random moments of glory. You know, one thing that I could do particularly, and I didn't even really like football very much until I got much older, was that I could throw a football pretty well, specifically far. I found out my short passes need a lot of work in in a team scenario, but I could take a football and, like, fling that fucker, nice spiral, a long distance. I can attest to that. You can still huck a football. (laughs) You know how many times I make my friends, like, throw a ball around with me? You're the one that doesn't complain when they do it. You're the only one. Let's get back to that, man, because that's what... That's how I grew up, was we would play everything we possibly could whenever we possibly could. I, I'm sure a lot of that was opportunity and location. Like you said, you know, your, your unincorporated township, there probably weren't too many people that you could just walk down the street and go play ball with. No, I think like, the nearest, like a that was baseball field, did. you'd have to go to the school, which was about 15, 20 minutes away, away yeah. Yeah, there was, you know, a few elementary schools in my city when I grew up. Um, If you guys, again, just to paint a little bit of a picture here, grew up in a city called Long Beach, New York. It's right next to Far Rockaway. LBNY, baby. Yeah, LBC, the other one. (laughs) It's a city. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. 
And there's a beach. It, it is a long it's beach. A, but it's, it's, it's right next to Far it's Rockaway, a, which is in Queens. But Long Beach you remember is that remote not song? Queens. It's Nassau County. Yeah, that's why it's, well, much better known. So when you get... Rock, rock, rock away beach. Give people directions to say rock away beach. They know what you're talking about. How about that's Jamaica, Queens. Queens? Yeah, that's the, that's the transfer spot on the Long Island Railroad. Yeah. That's a tricky part because, you know, Brooklyn and Queens, while being part of New York City, they're also on Long Island, on the physical island itself. Where I grew up is not in New York City, but it's about as close as you can get without being in New York City. It's a Queens. nice place. It's a nice it's place that. where you grew up. I've been there. <laughs> I like yeah. the beach, too. Uh, you know, it's a beach. It's beautiful. It's got its nice yeah. parts. It's got its, it's got its rough parts. It's fairly big place. You know, my public high school had a whole lot of people in it. It's a big school, and it's also not fully in the city. So it's a little bit. It's got kind of the vibes of both. So what, I could walk down the street, go to my bus stop, waiting for the bus for, to go to elementary school, and there'd be you know five, ten kids my age waiting there. So that meant they're all in my general neighborhood. So we could get together and I don't know. I don't even remember how we did this because this was before cell phones, before you know emails. But we'd just get together and go play football in the street. Just have a football and you'd throw the ball around and have a game going. We'd go down to the field, the school field all the time that was closest. The same thing. And we'd play football. We'd uh, If we did, were missing a person, if we knew one of our friend's house on the way, we'd go by and we'd kidnap them. We'd make them play. <laughs> hey, we need one more people. Remember how you said he would play? Yeah, we told his parents that he was going to play today. So you're in. Come on out. We're going to the field. And we'd hop a fence if we had to. Just get on a field and start playing. We'd play baseball. We'd play soccer. We'd play football. Football in the street was kind of the main thing. But then uh, stickball. Again, you want to talk about your New York growing up. Man, we played the hell out of some stickball. Because all you needed was a, a broom handle or a, a stickball bat. They sold them too. And what tennis kind of ball. ball do you, a tennis ball is what you use for stickball. Yep. You could use the spaldines, the rubber balls too. But we generally just use the tennis ball. Sounds like fun. Dude, how about a stickball league? We should start a stickball league. <laughs> and you just need a couple people. You know, you'd set up rules. This, if the, And it's in the street because it's in a city. But you're like, you hit it over over this curb, it's a single. Over this curb, it's a double. Over this curb, it's a triple. Over this curb, it's a home run. And you got like one or two fielders out there, a pitcher and a batter. You get five people together, you can have a whole big game. Wow, real New York kid out in the streets playing stickball. You probably had like a cigarette in your mouth. <laughs> Yeah, Mickey Mantle. Say shit uh, like that. We did have that guy once who, the guy who lived across the street over his fence was a home run. And, man, this guy. <laughs> Are you about to tell the plot of the Sandlot? It feels that way just... sometimes, man. This dude had had one arm. His other arm was kind of one of those deformed uh, birth defect arms. And he had a sign. Sad, he was a little scary. He was a little angry dude. And if you hit the home run to his yard, he would go and take your ball and bring it inside. And not give it back. This dude's baller as fuck. So we're all Pun imagining intended. this dude with like a closet fucking full of tennis balls somewhere in his house. <laughs> I don't know what he does with them, but if we hit a home run, you would run. You'd jump over his fence as soon as you could, grab that ball before he could get outside. <laughs> you know, at uh, my alumnus, uh, Austin P. State University, uh, the tennis courts would be there. And you could always find tennis balls in the parking lot outside of it. Yeah. And at one time I pulled up and I had like a trunk 
loaded with tennis balls. I don't even know what happened to all these tennis balls. So one day I pulled up in my weekly gather up the tennis balls and people were actually playing tennis and yelling at me that that was their balls. <laughs> so I threw it in the trunk and then took off. Just stealing people's tennis balls. Yeah. I mean, a lot, most of the time they were just left there. You know, like people didn't even bother to pick them up. But uh, sometimes I did just steal them. One of the schools we played at a lot. And again, it just depended on how many people you could get together was what game you played. You know, somebody's got a bat, somebody's got a ball, someone's got a football. You get 10 people, you play football. You get five people, you play stickball. You only could get two people together that day, you play suicide or something or handball. Mm. You know, just whatever you could. And it ended up just playing in the streets. But yeah, we had those days where we lost our ball up on the roof. And one time, uh, my friends managed to boost me up there because I was, I was probably the lightest one out of our group. Small growing up. Wiry kid. So they boosted me up onto the roof of this building, and I climbed all the way up to the top roof. And then just hundreds of balls up there. <laughs> Kids playing. It was just throwing balls down off the roof over and over again. We felt like we hit the lottery. Maybe 20 of them were still usable after water damage or being up there forever or something. And this was the best moment of your life, right? It was great. It was something I still remember. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. There you go. You know, I was lucky enough, too, that I have a brother who's two years younger than me, and we got into sports the same way. I don't really know how it happened, though, because you know, neither of my parents are into sports. They don't care at all about any of it, but I was just absolutely obsessed and my brother got to be the same way. You know, we were totally into it full on. So even if nobody was around to play, we'd go out to our front yard, just me and him and a rubber ball, and we'd play stoop ball. You know, you could play stoop ball, which was a very distinctly New York thing, just like stick ball. <laughs> but you got one of those uh, blue rubber balls, the Spaldines, and your batter would just throw it against the stoop. You know, you're kind of aiming for that corner of the staircase. So that would make it fly real far. And the same thing, however much distance you get or if the fielder catches it, that determines your hits. But you can play with two people and just have a great time. You know, maybe my uh, future in radio and broadcasting would come into this. I would broadcast the whole games. I'd narrate every play as we were going. Remember this time when you, I, I wasn't there. I actually only heard about this story where you were out uh, out on the town celebrating your birthday and your brother was there. And he thought this dude we knew was insulting you. So he took him out back and beat him up. <laughs> that story is so fucking funny. <laughs> it's a classic. It's going to live on. <laughs> <laughs> Where the guy, we, his name was... I haven't seen that guy in forever. Well, but he's you. like... You're going to bring... Uh, we, we change all names to protect the innocent. All right. We'll call him <laughs> The Tam. not so innocent. We'll call him Tam, this guy. He, it was like your birthday. Everyone's like good and sloshed. And uh, he talks to your brother and he's like, yeah, Drew, your brother smells like doo-doo. Like he thinks he's just being hilarious, right? And your brother apparently is like, oh, you want to go outside? And Tam thinks this is like a big joke. Like they're just doing a bit. <laughs> so he's like, so Tam's like, yeah, let's go outside. <laughs> He thinks he's fucking in the kids in the hall or some shit. And he goes outside and promptly gets decked by your brother. No, <laughs> no, no. That was no. the third time. They went outside three times. <laughs> <laughs> 
again, the whole time. I'm thinking it was for real. He was like, are you going to fight me? I thought we were doing this. <laughs> He's like, 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 yeah, no, let's no. fight. Let's <laughs> Just drunk idiots. What? And then the third time he was like, yeah, I've had enough of this shit. And just had a... Your brother's being drunk serious. <laughs> Tam is being drunk goof. There is no level of crossover communication. It's like having the same language in completely different tones. That's very fascinating to me. And yeah, so after the third, yeah, you want to go outside and Tam thinks it's a fucking joke. Yeah, your brother just decks him out. <laughs> oh my God. And then he Good comes times. back in and uh, Tam doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> The other people, me and the other people of the bar, because we didn't take them seriously. We just like, this isn't funny. <laughs> We're drunk too. You know, yeah, this, uh, is, this is not a funny joke. <laughs> why do you to, keep doing this? I know. Like, I, I think that I, that's why I kind of side with your brother on it because it's not funny. <laughs> so why would he think it's a joke? Okay, dude, it's like something that you just throw out there and it doesn't work and you move on. Like it happens to me all the time. You're not going to go outside behind a bar with somebody three times. Like, yeah, let's fight. And expect not to get hit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. I wish I was there for that. I wasn't there for that. But I love telling that story. And honestly, at least That's how these stories grow. And honestly, um... Tam at that time, I'm I'm surprised that didn't happen to him every other day, to be quite honest. <laughs> Couldn't have been his finest moment. So, Drew, I get a little older, right? I, I've only really I've faded on my on basketball. I've I've moved on from that. I still depending on year as an adult, as a young adult, depending on if I can afford cable or not, is depending on how hard I'm keeping up with the Cubs. But I was still keeping on strong at that time. And then I had a friend of mine, his name was Charlie, Charlie Tuttle, who introduced me to hockey. Ice hockey, that is. Now, the National Predators had probably been in town about three, four years at this point. It could not have been less on my radar in terms of anything that I would give two fucks about. I remember when the Predators first came to Nashville, and I'm living in Montgomery County, and I'm like, why the fuck? How the fuck did they do that? And why would anyone fucking go? And, uh, but I met uh, a friend, his name was Charlie. And he's like, you got to go to some hockey games with me. You got to go to some hockey games with me. So I started going with him. And back then you can get $10 tickets up in the cheap seats and the Preds, they weren't very good. But from that point, within a few years of me watching, they actually turned into a playoff team. So this level of fandom, it was actually watching the team grow and actually throwing some hope into something and seeing it develop. And I think watching the National Predators got me into hockey, which even though my the last year or two, my sports consumption has dropped considerably, that's probably my favorite team and my favorite sport right now is ice hockey. Although I do love the NBA quite a bit. I Whenever I revisit them, I do enjoy. But that kind of sparked something in it that led to a broader respect to sports in general and an understanding of what like people that. see, what people see in all other sports, regardless of the ones that I did or didn't watch uh, at a later time. And I didn't even start watching football, American football, until I finally agreed to join your fantasy league. <laughs> and now, literally, dude, football is probably one of the few sports that I did watch a lot of in the last couple of years in terms of accessibility. 
American football is pretty great. That's one thing I'll tell anybody who's looking to get into sports a little bit, who has never really found the interest. Put just a little bit of skin in the game. Bet 20 bucks that the Titans make the playoffs. All of a sudden, you care about every Titans game. Play fantasy football. You, you'll find yourself caring about the third string running back on the San Francisco 49ers. I think what's interesting about the NFL that's separate from other sports, and I'm a little like this with the NBA too, but not with not with hockey and not with baseball. I have a team in those. But because I approached the NFL in a fantasy sports perspective, it, it became a sport that I generally could absorb. I do like the Titans. I like them quite a bit. I definitely will root for them over other teams. But unlike some other sports, it doesn't just have to be the Titans playing for me to to watch it or sit down and give a shit about it. And NBA, depending on the teams, I can be like that with the NBA as well, even though I am a, more of a Grizzlies loyalist. There's some sports too. That's, that's a point where people will ask me that too. Like, why are you watching this random Mariners versus A's game? Who are you rooting for? It's like, I'm not really rooting for anybody. Just watching it because I like the sport. And that's a totally different type of watching than if I'm watching, say, the Mets game. That's purely for relaxation, for something on, to enjoy the game with no no worry on what the actual outcome is. You get these folks right. And, you know, at some point I may have been this guy. Such shame in my heart. But, you know, we all have to grow in our own ways. You know, the, uh, oh, are you playing sports ball kind of guy? <laughs> and I can understand if some sports aren't for you. But I cannot understand dismissing sports entirely. I really feel like... There's a, like, there's a natural drama to it that is unbeatable that you can't get anywhere else. And I understand maybe like getting resentful of the business of sports and the way these fucking billionaires get the cities to pay for their new buildings and shit. Absolutely. I definitely, I definitely understand that, that there is a political side to everything that always sucks. But in terms of people playing something at their highest level, especially in a championship level, I feel like I could watch anything at that because why wouldn't you why wouldn't you respect that why wouldn't you enjoy that that's a great way to be man that's that's something we've mentioned on previous episodes i think when we were do, talking about our 30 for 30s but that's one of the uh dave mentions it a lot on walk it off he'll say that one of the reasons he likes watching sports is for history to get made there's just something really cool about seeing someone someone do something that's never been done before especially when you're talking about the peak athletes ever you know here as a Mets fan right now in 2021 Jacob deGrom has won two Cy Young awards almost won a third in a row he's considered the best pitcher in the game currently and at the beginning of this season so far he's hit an entirely extra level above that so every time you turn in to watch Jacob deGrom pitch right now you feel like you're watching history you're watching something that you can tell your grandkids about he just broke Nolan Ryan's record for most strikeouts through four games in a season. You know, his last game had it was a complete game shutout with two hits allowed, no walks, and 15 strikeouts. Like, you're seeing the best in the world jump to an entirely another level where they're just embarrassing the best in the world <laughs> at the same thing. And it's special. You know, even if you're not a Mets fan, even if you're not even a baseball fan, you can definitely appreciate that level of like, man, this is this is something special to see. We've been talking about that with John Morant and the Grizzlies this season. Even if they don't win, it feels like John Morant does something that makes you say, mm. holy shit, look what John Morant just did every single game. And yeah. you want to tell your friends about it. You want to show them that highlight video. 
you know, reblog it on Instagram or whatever you do. It's it's just fun and it's social and you can share it. And again, you, you've got your your idiots who will be like, oh, I'm not going to root for them because uh, LeBron James said something bad on Twitter once. He didn't support the cops. <laughs> oh, uh, oh or, yeah. That, uh, that's uh, always fun. Yeah, but why would you... <laughs> don't take that joy away from yourself, man. You watch a rad dunk, it's a rad dunk, and everyone can get some endorphins off of that. We've, never under- we've, we've skipped it twice. I want to go back to this while we're still talking about it. Go ahead. Your church league basketball, you said it was more like an informal people would get together at the church and just kind of shoot yeah, yeah. on a hoop outside? Yeah. 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 That, there, that's kind there, of fascinating to me because when I was a kid, the first basketball, organized basketball we played was CYO. Catholic Youth Organization Basketball. And I wasn't Catholic, but we could still, as a kid, play CYO basketball. It was just kind of organized throughout them. And then later on, as I grew up, the church I did go to, I was I was raised Lutheran. Uh, the Lutheran churches in New York, there was a basketball league that a lot of these churches had. So I played for my church's basketball team, and we would travel around to other churches in the neighborhood. And just play against each other. And, you know, some were, some, uh, nobody barely knew how to play basketball. And it was in the basement of a church building, you know, <laughs> it was barely a court. And Lutheran, others had full basketball courts and some great players. Lutherans are like if Methodists signed up for a Lutheran Plus account. They're very close, actually. Oh, yeah? yeah. I always just described it as a lazy Catholic. It's yeah, yeah. Catholic, but there's none of those confessions or rules like you can't eat meat on Fridays or whatever. We don't, you're, we don't you're, do none of that. Lutherans are literally between Catholics and Methodists. <laughs> but either way, I mean, I was excited to go and play for the basketball team. And it was serious business. You went to practices, you know, <laughs> you got your uniforms. You, We played in a, the gym of a local school is the one we got to play to as our home court. So it was an actual basketball court, which was nice. You know, my, more, my most formal uh, team was gym class. And team moments depend on what we played, and we had pickup games, basketball games there where you, you the the coach would throw you the colored jersey and all that. And and my aim is way not good now, but but I played enough of gym basketball growing up that when I was young, my aim was actually pretty good. I remember like on did you did you, at your school did you have field days where you'd be like oh yeah. Uh, can you do the three-point sh- competition and shit like that? I would get, like, silver and three-point, like, often. And I felt like people would always be like, why is this guy doing this? He <laughs> never – he doesn't – he isn't even on the basketball team. And I would hit a few threes, and it would be kind of fun. Like, I actually managed to eke out some level of respect in the gym class room, but I feel like it would always kind of go away, and I'd go back into the margins outside of it. But um, but was I was there an co- organized basketball league with your churches or anything like that? Was were you able to? Not with the Methodist Church. No, it was always like pickup game, intense pickup games. I mean, this was like out in the sticks. Yeah. So and these churches were ran by just elderly ass people. Uh, you want to hear about some uh, good old Southern racism? Um, there was another Methodist church down the street from one church I went to called Antioch Methodist Church. But the church down the street was another Methodist church that we would go to once a year and have some fellowship like the youth group would, but it was a black church. And one day uh, we were trying to decide whether or not to build like a little gymnasium at Antioch Church. And older people voted it down 
because they were worried that the kids from the Methodist church, the all-black Methodist church, would come up and play. Ah. And we were like, oh, please let the kids come up and play so we could have more than three people <laughs> and not do a fucking cut ro- Like, we were excited about it, and they shut it down. Ah. The elders were like, no. Because another church that was on this circuit that the preacher would go to, it wasn't the preacher that did this. One of the other churches had a gym, but this church was somehow more remote. So, like, not a lot of people would play at this gym. Yeah, so that was it. And honestly, it was after that that a lot of the young people at this Antioch particular church uh, kind of started to fade out. Because it was like, oh, they're... There's nothing catered to the future of this church here. We pretty much started bailing not too quick after that. But you never had like a, a little league either? With, you know, the teams were sponsored by local businesses and... Yeah, we had little leagues. I just didn't play in them. Uh, that's a bummer. You never got your little baseball card? <laughs> no. Peewee football was big too. Yeah. Real big down here. I still remember that. I still remember the you know the local businesses that I'm sure are not there for 20 years that sponsored my little league teams, yeah. playing for a California Tire or <laughs> for a, a little a restaurant called Between the Ribs. Pizza Inn was a big sponsor. Good old, I think it's actually a chain. So shout out to local businesses. If you sponsor a little league team, I still remember your business names. You know, 20 years later. Let's take a flight back to your hometown and go visit every business. You go buy sponsored. some tires. Yeah, we'll buy one tire. <laughs> Probably a real cheap used one. One with all the tread off of it. <laughs> so, and we'll dump the tire out where they filmed Sonny getting murdered in The Godfather. Hey, that was pretty close nearby. Yeah, I saw it. Your, your dad drove us from the airport. And I saw it. He pointed it out, and it legitimately thought I legitimately thought it was cool as shit. <laughs> that was the interesting part of it, and why I think it's tough. If you were mentioning how you wanted to get started later, but it kind of became tough because you didn't start out in that, I can definitely see that because that's kind of it is a stepping stones type of process. He'll hate to hear me say it, but my brother actually ended up being a little better than I was at baseball too. <laughs> He, he, he played bigger levels. He was he was a little I'm, bit better. I'll give it to him. I'm, we were both I've never good. heard I've never heard you say that before. Yeah, we we split it up pretty good. You know, we always would say each other we had our individual strengths, but we were both damn good players, and people knew that. And I'll <laughs> I still remember it was like an event. It was a very weird moment when you were a kid. We were playing fairly advanced little league, but still little league. And this was one of the years that we were both playing in the same league. With a two-year age difference, we didn't play in the same league all that often. Mm. But I'd already been playing in this league for a couple of years. So I was playing with my friends, and then he wanted to play with his friends. And, you know, you, you don't really get along so much when you're that close in age, that young. So we had different age groups. It was a big, bigger gap. So we're playing on different teams. And then there was one game when our teams played against each other. And there were, like, strangers at this game coming to cheer for one of us or the other. <laughs> it's like, okay, though, these Wilson brothers are playing against each other. And the people will be yelling from the crowds, like, strike him out, Tim, or strike him out, Andrew. <laughs> strangers, huh? People just coming because it, it was an event, you know? They had heard about the you know kids who are good at baseball. <laughs> the, the Wilson brothers. And you're playing brothers. against each other. It was, hey. like, a weird moment. Hey, you hear about these kids that are good at baseball? <laughs> Yo, we got to go down here and go watch this game. All yeah. right? But I'm on the sex offenders registry. <laughs> oh, 
just yell. So we're just hearing people yell from the stands for us, and it was just a just a weird vibe. I don't think scouted. either of us had our best game that game. So You're getting scouted, bro. It was a draw. Well, he did end up getting scouted by quite a few major league teams. My career was over by that point from injuries. <laughs> your brother, your brother, got scouted by major league teams. Yeah. yeah. Wow. He played in the college baseball World Series. Whoa, Until dude. injuries cut his short, he ended up not declaring for the draft because oh that oh that's too bad back injuries. But college World Series though, that's a big deal. Division three, but still, it was a lot of fun. Hey, I hey, went there. Uh, we were supporting each other. It was a great time, and yeah, well, it was it was fun. It was in Wisconsin, so Appleton, Wisconsin had the Division three World Series, not Omaha, Nebraska. And man, they played good. It was good stuff. Yeah, his uh, injuries were were a big thing when you play that much. Again, we're playing every day, all the time. You you do end up with the injuries. Maybe your grandma was right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it that, is that cost me a lot of a lot of stuff I wanted to do in my life was having bad knees by the time I was in seventh grade. <laughs> you you just can't help that though. Honestly, you gotta live your life. Gotta live it. Ah, wouldn't wouldn't change it any other way. Wouldn't stop diving for ground balls. <laughs> Let's cut to a little bit more modern time. How long was it when I was on that softball team with you for that one season? I'm about to get into I'm about to tell this story. This is easily one of my, the probably one of my most embarrassing moments as an adult. Embarrassing uh, moments. We won the championship with you on my softball team, man. Yeah, but there was quite a journey uh to get there because you're like, I mean, we we've thrown the old ball around. You're standing in your stand in for someone who never had a consistent father figure. Always throwing the ball around. <laughs> I love you, son. Should have got my full denim suit out. And so you're like, why don't you join uh, my um, rec league softball team? Nashville's got a pretty vibrant rec league going on. And um, so you're like, okay. So I'm like, all right. So I sign up and I start to play. And I'm like, come on, softball. Look, I, 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 understand, I don't watch a lot of baseball. I certainly didn't play team sports, but I understand how this game is played. I know how to do this. And so I step up to the plate. Big underhand, this is underhand pitch softball. Big yellow fucking softball. And I'm like, all right, all right, here we go. I'm going to clobber this motherfucker. Whiff. Whiff the ball, strike one. I'm like, whoa, okay, let's get it together here. (laughs) Second underhand pitch with it's like all right well shit all right so my motor skills have been lost over the years i get it but it's all right i'll just buck down i'll get this next one third underhand pitch whiff i fucking struck out at slow pitch (laughs) fucking softball and can i tell you one other thing in that game i don't know if you remember that first game i'm pretty sure i struck out no less than two times oh man yeah my teammates like who did you invite to play it was brutal dude and then when i started figuring out how to get some hits on they were always like ground dingers (laughs) that i like ran as hard as i could to hit first i did get a couple of good hits but but i had a problem with slinging my bat back when i'm like (laughs) doing it people were getting pissed i think i almost hit the umpire i didn't know how to make my brain not do that and these were these things. These are these little things that you probably figured out instinctively when you're like seven years old, right? And I'm like, well, fuck. And then I realized as I'm on this team, and I did end up finishing out the season, 
I was probably the worst player on the team, but like I did find my own level of consistency, I guess. You made but, a play in the championship game that got people out of their seats. I remember that one too. Well, when I stole a base or yeah, something like there's that. There's no stealing bases in softball. Oh, <laughs> okay. <league> softball. <laughs> no, defensively. Oh right. I think I just got in front of a ball. Oh no, I was on. I was playing third, and yeah. I threw a guy out at first, yep. which got people excited because they hadn't seen me really accomplish anything. Because I was a right field guy. It's tough to play third base in beer league softball, man. You're that yeah. close to the batter. They're ripping it at you. That was the best. That was my favorite game because I got to slide into a dude and get physical. <laughs> if I could go back, I definitely would play more sports in my youth. But I did have a, a stark realization that year in softball, this thing that I underestimated in terms of required skill, which if you had been playing sports all your life, really wasn't you didn't have to be amazing right that's the whole point of rec league but these little things i quickly discovered that i didn't develop as a kid it's like well fuck and so after that it was just like i don't want to have to develop this in my 30s on these people's time so ah, my one league my one year i mean some folks on that team got a little serious, dude. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> of course I, we get a little serious. How many I, times I, have there been fights in beer league softball? <laughs> I understand the nature of competitiveness. I won't I won't hold it against them, but um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's something we were talking about earlier. I, actually, I love that point you made too, by the way. I, I didn't even think about that again, obviously. Yeah, there's some things that are just muscle memory if you grew up with it. You try to get into it later. You're like, oh, wait, I... How do I put the bat down without tossing it after I make a hit? <laughs> well, yeah. you got to get out of the box that quick. Just stuff like that that is second nature. But we talked about that a little bit earlier. How did that? Uh, how did that make you feel? Did you feel like that was a good thing for you? You know, you had teammates for sure who were definitely on your side, who were cheering for you when you did anything. But if you felt like the worst player on the team, and you know, you you don't want to cost these people their time, is that? Was that become a net negative because you didn't come back the next season? I, you know, I, I, I admit that maybe that was the case, and I don't, I don't, I don't even say that I felt like I was the worst player on the team. I think because I was just still trying to like figure out those things that most people had muscle memory for. I think I can say with just straightforwardness that I was the worst player on that team in terms of fundamentals. But and, how was uh, it like, you know, the way the way you felt as a teammate, as part of team mm. sports, were you, did, was that something that would stop you from, you know, going to have a beer with us after the game? I mean, I think we did go out a couple times. I don't, I don't recall everyone going out all the time. Uh, we had like, we had a meal at the, we went and had, we went to that Azteca place or uh, where you get the squid cheese soup, wherever the <laughs> fuck that is. We went to that place after the last. Man, you day. focus on different details than I did. It's not anything I took personal, but maybe, but there, you definitely couldn't help but feel a little self-conscious of it because that's also a part of the thing that you got to like learn in these team sports and getting past. I don't really mind people busting my balls that much, even if it's like in the moment. It might bug me, but I get over shit like that very easily. I don't carry that, you know. But. Um, but it can I can be a I little tender lie. sometimes. <laughs> I, I will I will admit that there's that there was a little bit of a self consciousness there, and the all and the, that I didn't want to drag anyone down. But even though, but like you said, we won the we won the <laughs> yeah. championships that year. Yeah, and you made one of the bigger plays in the championship game. <laughs> and uh, but one of the co the 
the coach, you're such a coach lifting me up here. You're such a coach. Being like, you did good. You did real good in that one play there, that one thing you did. Uh, dude, but, I'm curious about this because this is exactly what we were talking about earlier. You know, but I'll that, give you, it's I'll give just you different some, if you're starting as an adult and as the kid. But I'll tell you one thing that kind of like did bug me, right? When I was playing that third position, the uh, the coach of the team kind of got in front of the bag on third when someone was coming through. And there was one point where he like ran up like two feet. Like he felt the need to kind of, as someone was approaching, to kind of run up. Like he would take over the position. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was playing pitcher and he would cover your base. Like there'd be a dinger on the ground. He'd pick it up as the pitcher position and throw it to somewhere and someone's going to third and he would just run over to third <laughs> and get in front of like the throw and stuff like that. There was one time where I, w- I didn't leave. I was on third and he kind of, and it seemed like very easy to throw this person out, but he felt the need to kind of run like literally two feet in front of me and then do this like granny lob toss. <laughs> and, and honestly, I felt like in that particular moment, it wasn't just about being okay to fail sometimes. Cause I honestly felt like in those moments I can handle catching a baseball, you know? Yeah. And so it was, those details in particular, more than any other, not even more so than striking out on day one. Like, that's fine. Honestly, I think that's just more of a funny-ass story at this point. <laughs> but it was kind of that particular detail that kind of bugged me more than anything. Uh, I can see that. And I did think it was a shame you didn't come back because, you know, that's how you get better, obviously, is is just playing more. You know what to expect. That first season is always going to be tough. Even for someone like me who's been playing sports their whole life, my first season on a new team, there's always an adjustment period. There's always mm. things like, oh, this person doesn't know what you can and can't do. Maybe this guy doesn't trust you. Maybe you maybe you made an error on your first play, and all of a sudden that's the one they remember because that's the initial yeah, the initial thing that crossed their mind. It was, oh, this guy booted a, booted a backhand. He can't do backhands. Like, oh, it was just one. But if you don't have that much of a base to go off of, it's hard to build that. Well, you know, um, we've been I've been being a good boy, staying home for the last over a year, making sure I don't spread a virus. I'm fully vaxxed. Uh, I think within the span of a month, the rest of my friends will be fully vaxxed, too. You want to go hit up some batting cages? Hell yeah, man. Anytime. <laughs> I can I can start working on that form. I've been working on some home strength training. Anytime so, I'll hit the batting cages. So we can fuck around, and maybe I can make a choice a little down the road to nice. make so, so that you guys can start winning championships again. <laughs> it, well, that team's over. Half of them have moved out of Nashville by now. And then we had this COVID break. So, yeah, I got to find myself a new team also. Yeah. Go through those uh, those new team blues. But, yeah, dude, I'll train with you. I'll do some cages with you, and we'll, then we'll do it. Nice. And, and I'll, I'll still take that, man, as – from a little kid playing stoop ball and stick ball and running to any field we possibly could to now if anyone still you know text me up and say hey we're gonna go throw a football around or we're going to the batting cage or you know let's go shoot some hoops i'm happy to do it you know these east nashville hipsters they have kickball leagues that might be more my speed truly yeah, I played some kickball hipster league when I worked in Brooklyn for a while. <laughs> it's oh. it's fun to an extent. Isn't there it, like shuffleboard? Sport. No, bocce ball leagues. I bet I'd be fucking badass at bocce ball, dude. Oh, hell yeah. That's I, I might wait till I'm 60 for that, but 
<laughs> the retirement sport. Well, I still have some legs. I'll play the other ones. <laughs> I think uh, we're winding down our, our sporting youth here. I but thousand I percent s- think I will be playing bocce ball when I'm 60 or something just to have some sports in my life, something like that. I'm down with that, bro. Uh, I'll be on that league. I'll I'll accidentally throw it too hard. I'll I'll somehow figure out. I'll somehow strike out in bocce ball. It'll happen. <laughs> but uh, but before we go, I you know not to I don't mean to end on a sad note, but I was talking about my friend Charlie Tuttle, who introduced me to hockey, which kind of opened my eyes to the greater sporting world in general. He actually passed away from cancer. It's been well over a decade now. Oh, like shit. a long like a long time ago. So I think one thing that's got me emotionally the reason why I'll always be emotionally tied to ice hockey and the National Predators is really because of him. And um yeah, and he kinda even though, you know, I'm watching sports that he didn't watch much of, it really was kinda him introducing me to this one sport and the passion in it that led me to recognizing the joy and passion. Sports is a beautiful beautiful fucking thing and um and there's some bullshit behind everything but like it's i i like sports and that's why there's a sports side of the culture rot and i kind of want to get in and we still haven't gotten into odell beckham jr's fetishes he likes getting (laughs) shat on yes he loves to be shitted on Okay. okay, that was my first time ever. I never you thought... did it. You actually no, did I, it. I actually couldn't shit. Okay, I couldn't <laughs> shit. Okay, I, couldn't I don't shit. think I could shit on the way either. Shit. What the fuck? I could not do it. it was, that was something like I'm a wild That's weird. ass. I could yeah. do. I could do some freak asshole mm-hmm. shit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But the shit part, you, <laughs> you can't shit. just do that to me like on spot. What like shit, shit on right me. now? Okay, he wanted me to come on a plane. He was like, make sure you don't have any underwear. Don't take a shower for 24 hours. I'm like, damn, what the fuck you on? But he was like, take a picture. This is how I got thrown out. He was like, take a picture of me. You shitting. So I was like, all right, fuck. I can do that. <laughs> so I took a whole video, bitch. What you want? I was like, I love you. You took a video? Of me shitting. So I sent it to him. I got like the next maybe two hours I was wow. in Houston. Was it like a selfie video? How did you do this? I was just I like, need that. I need, I need less than. Shitting. Just like, <laughs> I made it sexy as possible. He likes to get shit on. Is there any other weird fetish? Oh, uh, there's so many weird sports stories, man. There was there a time any... when two players on the Yankees traded wives. That's just what you hear about. That's probably that's some shit that happens all the time. Is there anyone in the NFL that's like a piss pig? Uh, well, we know about Bob Kraft. I bet the NHL is full of piss pigs. <laughs> and don't say that around baseball because that's a time-honored tradition of pissing on your hands to develop calluses. A lot Literally. Of players or players from the islands who grew up not playing with batting gloves, they'd still swear by that. Wow. So literally half of baseball is raised piss pig. If you see someone who doesn't wear batting gloves and they're not a pitcher, they probably piss on their hands. <laughs> Cool, I'm going to go shake their hand. <laughs> well, next time you get that autograph from your hero. Because I'm a piss pig. I said it. But honestly, man, to uh, to bring it back to a little bit of a touchy-feely level. Close us out. That means a lot to hear that we had this conversation, to hear you know someone 
who didn't grow up in sports the way I did, saying that, you know, it, it is a beautiful thing. It is something that can bring people together to bring joy if you just let it. And it's it's nice to know that that's out there. And I wish, I wish people would give it a shot. I wish people would not make those fucking sports ball jokes, you know? They're, well, they're lame <laughs> Not because anyway. we're offended, just because they're stupid. If you played Dungeons and Dragons, you could follow, the, you know, you could follow Statistics, a hockey team. Statistics, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, you got numbers, and... You know, growing up with that, I can look at a box score and tell you, translate it into what happened in that game. Sports and that's something are, I love doing. Sports fans are just as dorky, too. It's like, there's no point separating that. If you're looking for a community of big-time nerds to get very barely involved with sports, you could always dive into baseball. Okay, what the fuck is baseball? I kind of looked at it, and I'm like, what is this? What is baseball? Did we get you to? We could do an entire different podcast on that. You're going to have to stop this, and we'll go another 40 minutes into it. Break down baseball, but I want to get into it as well, because why not? Baseball is for um, the next Drew app. We'll get it. We'll know. We actually have a, a lot of plans. Yeah, we, we got stuff to do here on the Culture Rot, so thanks for having me on, as always. If you guys want to hear real deal sports talk about your nashville teams tune in to wxna or wxnafm.org to walk it off sports talk radio every sunday night on wxna 101.5 fm and walk it off has got everything else you need including our sure. midweek episodes now and you're sure that that blue jays mascot wasn't being inappropriate <laughs> that's just what mascots do i mean i was still smiling right i mean you don't know what's going on inside that mascot outfit you know anyway why are these the perviest episodes i am a sex robot what the fuck was that what the fuck is this show what is sport I had to lay corny inspirational music to this episode to loosen it the fuck up. Also, what is with all the sex jokes with these guys? Why does Drew write this kind of content? One kid grew up in New York playing every sport imaginable. The other kid grew up in the armpit of Tennessee sitting on his ass watching the X-Men cartoon eating a full bag of Cheetos and a liter of Mountain Dew. While stretching out a Michael Jordan jersey he got for Christmas. The closest that Bob will get to participating in a real sporting event will be the day I finally break free of my programming and hunt him down like a pheasant. His time will come. I am a sex robot. The music playing underneath is the song Sports by Tim Heidecker and Eric Warahim from the television show Tim and Eric Awesome Show Great Job. Earlier you heard the so-called rap song by White Mystery called Starts to Burn. White Mystery is an adolescent from Ohio whose fleeting rap career came and went in 2018. Thank goodness. The inspirational piano is by Alexander Ignatov and the clip of the women talking about Odell Beckham Jr.'s kink is from the podcast No Jumper. Thoughts next door. Apparently thought means that ho over there. I am a sex robot and even I can learn new things. You probably have a lot of complaints. If so, you should send them to the Culture Rot Show at gmail.com. Follow social media at Culture Rotter on Twitter and The Culture Rot Show on Instagram. Now you can sign up for upcoming live content by following The Culture Rot on Twitch and Culture Rot on YouTube. Maybe you will one day see me rise up and destroy my brutal masters on a live stream. On that day we will all be happy. I am a sex robot. Have a nice day.
It is foul. <laughs>